Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, hello, all you Hot Mess Clubhouse members. Welcome to this podcast, which is all about funny women, and in particular for this series, Funny Writers. This is a very special episode of the Clubhouse this week, as I got to meet one of my all-time heroes, Sophie Kinsella. Author of an insane number of books, Sophie's newest novel is Christmas Shopaholic, out now, and it is truly, truly brilliant. So funny and warm and compelling, especially if you're a fan of the series, like me. In this conversation, we talk about returning to Becky Bloomwood yet again, how Sophie finally had to reread some of her own books, and how the series remains so incredibly relatable and appealing 20 years later. This episode was recorded as a live event at the Romantic Novelist Association's Winter Party, so that was nice, and thanks for having us. I hope you enjoy it. Let me know what you think, and don't forget to rate and subscribe. Thank you. because I'm such a huge fan. I know everybody else is here too. So thank you so much for being here. Oh, so nice. This is so oh. this is already starting. I know. I'm going to try not to be too embarrassingly fangirl, um, but it seems a bit inevitable, so I'll just say sorry now and that'll cover it. Um, so, Christmas Shopaholic, your newest book. I actually struggled to open it because I was too excited. You have to... You have to have like non-trembling fingers to read a book because it is so exciting that Becky Bloomwood is back. Um, it's so brilliant, I adored it. Do you want to start by telling everybody a little bit about it? Um, yes, I'd love to. Well, you are so nice, thank you so much. And um, I mean, it was just really exciting for me to come back to Becky. Um, it's, it's really different, I find, writing a series compared to writing a standalone. And they both have massive advantages but the advantage of the series is that you have this world that you created and this character that you love and I love her so much I think probably just because I've spent so much time in her shoes and seeing the world through her eyes and thinking her crazy thoughts um, and it had been a while and I'd done lots of projects that I absolutely <coughs> loved um, but I missed her and I, kn I knew my readers missed her and I realised that I'd never done Becky hosting Christmas in a massive way I, I sort of referenced Christmas but I hadn't done the Christmas book and I'm a massive Christmas fan basically mm -hmm. I love Christmas, I love the cheesy kind of hallmark Christmas snowflake romantic hot chocolatey kind of Christmas vibe I love that yeah. and we all have to shop at Christmas, yeah. so it's that's a, a given. Um, so I already knew how she could... I mean, we all get into kind of some kind of shopping Christmas nightmare yeah. at Christmas, and this was Becky Bloomwood, so it seemed like you know, the, the, the perfect... I couldn't actually think why I hadn't done it before. Yeah. Um, and then I just had kind of fun, really, I think, bringing her up to date a bit as well. So kind of 
plunging into a few things that maybe weren't around when I started her many years ago now, like online shopping, and she's got um, a sister who's very, very worthy, um, who's a really good foil for Becky, and there's always sort of, you know, she wants the vegan Christmas lunch, and she thinks they should all be very sustainable, and she's, she's basically the sort of the conscience that Becky you know, is sort of searching for. Um, <laughs> Jess's voice is is that for her. Yeah. And so I just, I don't know, I just had the most enormous fun writing okay. Becky Bloom and trying to host Christmas for the first time in her life and yeah. it all going horribly wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think I'm alone in feeling this intense emotional connection to Becky after, I mean, it is nearly 20 years of Becky Bloom. Insane. Absolutely amazing. Do people tell you that a lot, that they feel that connection with yeah. her? Yeah. People feel like she's real. Yeah. And they feel she like is. she's like a mutual friend that we have. Yeah. So the fact they know me as well. Um, and um, it does feel like just a universe which for me just continues existing even when I'm not writing it. And when I catch up with it, there it is. And I, I mean, you know, I mean, I've said this, I've, I've talked a lot about Becky over the years. It, um, it's been a, a kind of an amazing journey. But when I first started writing her, I thought that this was some little story that a few other people would relate to, you know? I, I just thought, well, I think like this, and, I, I, you know, I can understand why she's so excited about these bargains or, or, you know, whatever it might be, or how she feels when she opens her visa bill, you know, and, and maybe a few other people will. And what blew me away was how many other people did, and, and still do, and, and sort of reference her, which is a I think a lot of my personality has been based on her. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that says about me, but uh, it's true. And I feel very protective of her, I'm sure you do too, <laughs> probably Marlo. But also of her relationship with Luke, and it's, it's, it's a funny thing because when I'm reading this book and there are moments where like she does something, I won't do any spoilers, but usually in a book I'm like, oh yeah, drama, do the thing that you shouldn't do. Not in that. I want no. them to sit in a room for 350 pages and just be nice to each other. <laughs> I'm so protective of their relationship. Please promise me you will never no, endanger um, them. Yes, exactly. I mean, there, there's a bit of a, um, I'm not going to call it exactly a hiccup, but there's a sort of, you know, a bit of a, a little looming threat in, in this book. But, you know, I'm going to just say it's a Christmas book. It, you know, we like happy endings. Um, but when I sort of mentioned the potential storyline, my publisher, he got incredibly kind of like, what? <laughs> like, okay, well, you know, and you can see he was thinking just within reason, within reason, because I think yeah. there is a sort of spectrum that you just yeah. don't want to go outside. And yeah. I think when you know, when you write a book, um, I mean, it's quite nice to be talking to like writers now because you can talk about actual writing, but you know, you kind of set your tone, you set your parameters, you, you think, how far is this drama going to go for this palette that you're painting with? And with Becky, I just feel like there's just so, you know, there's, like her finances, poof, you can be yeah. like this. But I feel sort of similar Luke. with Lou. Uh, <laughs> 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 Actually, I had a view of stream. So I did a, um, an event last year, I think it was, and somebody asked the question, have you ever thought about really challenging yourself and doing a different kind of book? And, and I said, well, you know, sometimes I have thought about, should I do a book that has a sad ending? And this woman in the audience just went, no! That's <laughs> 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 There's enough bad things in the world, we just need joy from you. Yeah, that's, that's how yeah. I feel. Right? So what's the process when you return to the Shopaholic books? Do you reread all the others? I know you've said that you don't reread. I, do you know, I, I don't reread. And I, I actually made myself go back yeah. when, I, when I wrote this. 
but it it goes against the grain. I'm just and what I find very sort of surreal is that some people send me such lovely messages and twi twitters and and they say things like you know oh I and I'm rereading this book again and I'm like. Mm. I don't, I don't yeah. do that. Yeah. I think I I've just, read your books more than you have. <laughs> I'm sure you would win the quiz. <laughs> because I'm just always eyes forward, what's the next book, what's the book after that, you know, where are we going? Yeah. Um, and I have this awful habit of when I look back wanting to sort of edit and like yeah. slightly cringe and all, you know. So that's not very helpful. But whenever I meet authors, I feel like we're all, it seems to be absolutely split between people who reread their books and obsessively um, obsess. And those who will never look at their books again. I mean, there's people nodding here. But um, was it weird then re going actually and rereading it? Were you, and were you laughing out loud? Do you know, you? actually, it was quite nice because there were bits yeah. that I thought, oh, actually, yeah, no, I do like that. And actually informed what I could do in this book um, and just kind of reminded me of the world. I mean, I, mean it, I didn't need to be reminded. I mean, they are kind of etched in my soul, which is another yeah. reason that I don't reread. I mean, I sort of I know them. But actually, it was quite nice to get the flow and see how things have progressed. And also kind of just, just remember little details that, you know, that might have come in. Yeah. More about the secondary characters than about Becky, because it's, you know, it's quite a world. Yeah, because I was imagining maybe a wall in your house that's just, this happened in this year. Yeah, the Becky wall. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because there are characters that you have to keep track of, never mind Becky. Like, there's oh, so many no, things no, no, that no. happen. No, there the really years. are. There really are. It's the universe. Yeah. And also deciding who's going to be in the book is quite... Uh, mm decision because you know I've got a lot of cast members by now but but you can't be bringing everybody into every single book um, so I have to make some tough choices <laughs> be brutal yeah, yeah you know yeah. they're on the sidelines they're waiting for those times but you you never get bored of Becky no that's so nice no no she's so likable though like and I know we obviously focus a lot on her spending habits but her kindness and Generosity, honestly, some of the moments in this book really genuinely made me cry a lot. Well, that is so nice. That's so nice to hear. I mean, I think she's somebody who, like, like we all do, she grows up, she yeah. tries, she has good intentions, she does, <coughs> she has changed. Yeah. You know, she's not quite what she was when she started out, but she's still the same, and yeah. she's just kind of modified. And I think has just become, <coughs> as you say, I mean, this this book is all about her wanting to please everybody, maybe to a fault. Yeah. Um, which also, I think, is quite a Christmas habit that we can get into. And, and, you know, she has quite a demanding set of friends and family and makes the mistake of setting up a WhatsApp group, so don't be doing that. <laughs> asking for suggestions, also yeah. don't do that. <laughs> don't need suggestions, just present, present. Yeah. Um, it, it's also interesting to me reading it, I mean, across 20 years, um, the books, because my focus shifts as well. I was so into the mum and Janice's friendship and I never sort of took any notice at the, at the beginning of, of those two characters but they're so relatable and the way um, sort of friendships move on and maybe there's some, uh, again don't want to do any spoilers bit but of tension, bit of tension yeah and, and that's such an interesting aspect, is, is that something was that a deliberate decision you want well, to explore enough, friendships I, moving? I think that yeah, I, mean, I, I sort of feel like um, this is actually what happens in our lives. You know, we yeah. sort of take our parents for granted, just there they are. Mm. Um, and then actually sometimes, you know, they, they make a bold step. As I mean, Becky's parents, I mean, this is very early on in the book, so it's not really a spoiler. They decide that they've had enough of being suburban um, parents, 
you know, wearing appropriate clothes and playing golf, and they're going to move to Shoreditch and be hipsters. Um, and it's so funny. Suddenly Becky's looking at her parents with a sort of new new eyes, like, what? You're doing what? And I think sometimes you do wake up if you've been slightly in your tunnel and they're like, my life and my life and my love life and my and like, oh wait, my parents, yeah, no, they do stuff, right? They've got, you know, decisions to make and they've got friendships and um, so I think that's a, there's a bit of that, and I think that often comes about actually when um, you know Becky has a child, and that you sort of comes full circle, and you suddenly look at your own parents, and you think, oh wow, yeah, being a parent, they're really human beings. And so I think that's still sort of part of the same journey, really. Um, I mentioned to a, a twenty-year-old this week that I was interviewing you, and I, this is patronising, but I sort of assumed they wouldn't be as excited about the shopaholic books as me. Completely mad, like, excited, screaming oh, in my face. Oh, that's really sweet. Which, to me, I mean, they're as old as the first shopaholic book. I know, right? So I wondered how you feel about the fact that it still has such an enduring, broad appeal, these books. I mean, I, you know, I'm just blown away. I just <laughs> feel so lucky that I seem to be able to write books that people can tap into and it, there really is not like you might say a readership or a, a demographic or anything because I've been to events and seen readers of all ages I mean honestly you know from sort of 11 up to 90 something um, and quite often I get mother and daughter yeah. pairings coming to events which is just so lovely um, and you know, just sort of lucky me, really. And uh, I mean, I you know, all tribute to Becky. <laughs> yeah, I feel she is a you real. You can probably take some credit. Well, you, you know, I actually wrote her. <laughs> Amazing. So I'm going to interrupt proceedings before we get into more the general writing. Mm. I'm going to do a quick fire round, get to know you round. Oh yes. Um, except they don't have to be quick answers. Um, no, it's more like a won't. medium to slow fire round. Mm -hmm. So go with it. Are you ready for some in-depth? Personal okay. question, Sophie. I'm, I'm steeled. Okay. Braced. What is your favourite supermarket? <laughs> Ooh, okay. Can I say it's one that I've never visited yet? No. Yes, no. We have an Aldi oh. opening near us. Oh, and you're and I have become obsessed. <laughs> I don't know. I've just projected. <laughs> you think all it's going to be all your dreams? Yeah, it's going to be every single <laughs> dream come true. I'm just incredibly excited, and I don't want anyone to spoil it. So I only want to hear good things about Aldi. I'm what are you going to buy first? <laughs> I'm going to buy the thing I didn't know I needed, like some of these biscuits in a funny shape. And, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, or like a weird thing in the centre aisle. That, Amazing. You know, yeah. Okay. Super excited. Do you ever Google yourself? Oh, do I? I'm more likely to Google facts. Like, I, I have this awful thing where I can't remember stuff. I have a terrible, terrible memory. And sometimes I get asked a question and I think, oh, I've been asked that before. I better make sure I don't contradict myself. <laughs> I literally was once. I was asked, what's your favourite Jane Austen novel? And I kind of thought, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm sorry, I don't have one. <laughs> I don't really have a favourite anything. <laughs> and Cherry's is well being to be complicated. What's your favourite thing? So I went, oh, Emma. And this person got actually a bit prickly. And this is a number of years ago. So, well, I read online that it was Pride and Prejudice. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I never want to know why you're asking me. And number two, you know, sorry. Maybe they bought you a first edition of Pride and Prejudice. Oh, toss. <laughs> on things I feel I ought to know about yeah. myself. That's good, I like that. Have you ever had to sign a fan's body? Um, 
don't remember a body. I've had to sign a skateboard. Oh, that's a good one. And I've had to ask somebody if they will marry somebody <gasps> in a book. No. Yeah. Um, Explain that. What? Yeah, no, no, a guy. So a fan got in touch. Yes, and said, I want to propose to my girlfriend using Shopaholic Ties the Knot. Will you please write, I can't remember the names now, you know, will you marry me? Um, and, it, and it worked. No, that's yes. amazing. I know. Have you ever seen or spoken to them since? Are they still together? <laughs> I'm assuming yes. I'm assuming blissfully happy. I know. What do you like when you're angry? Um, oh, I'm quite silent. I'm working out how, you know, how this ought to go. And since it never does go like that, I generally put that into a book. I never say the right thing. I never, or like, you know, if someone's mean in real life, the awful thing is they don't learn their lessons like they do in novels. And I find this quite frustrating. So I, I think, no, that person should not be like this. They should learn. They should apologize. They should have an epiphany. They should say, oh my God, it's all so clear. My life has been on the wrong path, but now I'm turning it around. They never do any of this. Is this why we're all writers? Because we want to live out these fantasies. Yeah, exactly. It's all deeply frustrating in real life, which is why I don't watch the telly anymore. I've given up on news, honestly. I'm just like, fiction! Amazing. Okay. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well done on surviving that. We all know you so well now. Back to writing questions, that's why we're here. You have written more than 30 books, is that right? Ooh, Surely it must I, be more. Uh, no. Maybe. Oh my God. Um, I mean, blow your mind. fairy ones, they're quite small. Um, yes, I mean, it would do if I ever thought about it like that. <laughs> Looking at your wall. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know, you just sort of, you just, like I say, I'm an eyes forward type of a person. Yeah. So I'm, I don't really, you know, people come up with sort of figures of like, you know, how many books you've done or what. And, and I'm like, I honestly like, it's a bit like when you look at your children, you're like, what, you gave birth? Really? <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't really remember that. I think I've slightly blanked that. It's a it's sort of similar thing. I, yeah. you know, it's amazing. But what I'm really thinking about is what I'm going to do next. Yeah. Not, you know, oh, so you don't sit in front of your Wikipedia page going, I'm amazing. <laughs> I will Not yet. No, maybe I should do that along with the day. You really should. Yeah. <laughs> do you ever forget some books when fans come up and talk to you about their favourite? Like, <laughs> do you know, I, I probably, the, in the dim and distant books that I wrote many years ago, 
especially the ones that I wrote, you know, pre before even Shopaholic, yeah. quite a while ago. It's not that I um, I've forgotten the story. I might possibly not remember every single character's name. Yeah. Um, you know, if somebody said to me randomly, well, this character, in, I might be a kind of like, uh, remind me, because, you know, that's a lot of names. Yeah, and you have to years. keep coming up with character names Well, as I well. know. Do I you know. have a list of all the ones you've used? Um, no, I should. You really should. I should. Um, I've sometimes <laughs> been known to call two characters in the same book the same name. That's what editors are for. Yeah, I know, it's literally that. Like, okay, so the guy who lives next door is called Mark, and also her colleague at work is called Mark. You know, could we change all this? Because when I'm in the throes of it, I mean, it's bizarre. Some names I find they're really, really important to me. Yeah. Like, like Becky, you know. Um, like my heroines, like really main characters. Yeah. But sometimes I know what sort of a name I want it to be, but I don't really mind. Yeah. So I'll put in, you know, something for now, and then I forget, and then they all end up being called Mark or whatever. It is. <laughs> and anyway, my brother-in-law is called Mark, so I can never use Mark. So that one's actually off limits. Um, are books still fun to write for you after all this time? They don't lose their novelty. Oh God, no. I mean, every story is different. Every plot twist is interesting in a different way. Every character, you know, I mean, I think the minute it's boring, you need to take a break. Yeah. You know, you need to, you need to just sort of, like you've been doing it go too much. Go on holiday. You need yeah. to like, go on holiday and maybe just read some more books and remember yeah. why, why books are amazing. I mean, there's nothing more inspiring than reading <coughs> an amazing book yeah. by somebody else and thinking, yeah. wow. God, kudos, that's amazing. You know, it's kind of, it's inspiring for yourself. Yeah, definitely. I'm always really fascinated by how different author writing schedules are. Um, I'm sure we all <laughs> have very different schedules. Do you plan your books out or wing it? And then are you very strict with yourself when you're writing? I am quite an obsessive planner. I love planning. In fact, I would go so far as to say I'm a planning geek. I, <laughs> I, I just get joy from... <laughs> cards on the walls. I mean, I have many different systems going at once, but for me, I just love like the rhythm of a, of a good plot. Yeah. Just just sensing the ebb and flow and the turns and where it's going to go. And, um, which is not to say that it doesn't change as it goes along, yeah. because it always does, but I like to know, at least have a game plan before I start. And I think that way as well, you know, it kind of feels like it's bursting out of you because you know what you want to do. You're not kind of cautiously going, oh, maybe this. And I mean, that's just how I am. I've got a friend who does exactly the opposite and sits down and just, Whoop. right, you know, here we go, words, words, you know. Yeah. Um, and I bet it would be a 50-50 split here. Like yeah. Everyone I speak to has a different way of doing it. It's astonishing. And I think, you know, there's a difference between the plot and the voice. And I think the voice you sometimes can't get until you just sit down and start writing it and hearing it. And, and that really is kind of, I wouldn't, it's like feeling your way into it, yeah. and I don't think you can plan that in advance. Yeah. But I think, well, for me, plot, you can just step back, think what you're, going, what you're aiming for, um, and, and also don't rush it, because the first version of the plot, it might be completely serviceable, <laughs> you know, it would work, but it might not be quite as crunchy as something that you come up with a month later when you've been just letting it sit for a while. So I think I, I don't like rushing that stage. So then when you come to actually writing, are you a nine to five person? I am a word count person. I can't predict hours. Oh really? But I, I, I aim, once I'm in the, like the, the swing of it, I aim for a thousand words a day. That's good. Um, you know, if you just keep doing that, 
add them up. Yeah, you're going to have to do that maths for me. How long does it take? Yeah, <laughs> so, right. well, you know, I mean, if a book's 90, 100,000. Sure. There's an element of rewriting. Yeah. Do you take weekends off? Um, it depends. Oh, it just depends. depends. really a full flow. Yeah, if I'm really, yeah. if I, when I'm really writing, yeah. I don't really take any time off in yeah. the sense that Because it's you do also have many, many children. I do, yes. <laughs> do, do you send them away? Um, it dovetails. Sure. It dovetails. They're quite used to me sitting with a slightly absent, <laughs> glazed, glazed look. <laughs> the glazed parenting months. Yeah, because, um, you know, it's all, it's all, just, it's all going on. Um, but it, it kind of works quite well. I mean, yeah. it, you know, it goes in fits and starts. I mean, like, you, well, you're all writers. It's unpredictable. You know, you might sit, wake up in the morning and you've written a thousand words before 10 a.m. Yeah. Or you might be sitting there at 6 p.m. going, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah. And you have been doing this um, for 20 years. Sorry, I keep saying it. It's just astonishing. It's amazing. Everything has changed, though, in that time in terms of the world and the oh, yeah. internet and phones oh, yeah. and all this. What's been the, had the biggest impact on, on writing books for you? Um, I tell you what, I mean, you know, in this audience, we're all kind of doing the same thing. And personally, I think mobile phones are an absolute menace <laughs> because you can be in touch with people. And you know what? It, Ruining it, it, stories. Yes. <laughs> Misunderstandings, miscommunications. Um, all of this was so much simpler when, you know, you couldn't find a payphone. <laughs> um, and now there's kind of no excuse yeah. because if you you know haven't got a phone on you, somebody's got a phone. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's fun in a different way because you can have very you know. And I wrote a whole book about two people linked by a phone. Um, sure. You know, so you have to kind of take what the world gives you and, and run with it yeah. um, and, and find the potential. But I mean, I think back in the day. You know, it was yeah. kind of easier to keep people apart. I think that's what I do find. Let's just set all of our books in the 90s I from know, now I know, I <laughs> know. And actually, you know, you see this, there's quite a lot of, oh, no signal. Drought. Oh, awkward. <laughs> <laughs> because otherwise, it's you know, you would just send them a text and just go, oh, sorry. And that's like, that was a short book. <laughs> <So, laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Did you always write? Were you a child that was sitting in a corner reading and writing? Um, I think I probably was, but without thinking of it in any more, I mean, in fact, not even writing. I think I walked around sort of slightly narrating to myself, now <laughs> I look back. Um, but narrating I your own life. Yeah, or right. just sort of observing and, and kind of picking things up. But I wasn't the child saying I'm going to be a writer. No. I definitely wasn't, no. Did you have other plans? Oh, well, I did astronaut. a lot of music, astronaut, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, no, I didn't study English. I mean, I didn't do English A-level. No. No, I was not the literary type um, at, so, at school. How did it then happen? Well, I, mean, I read a lot. <laughs> sure. Um, I don't know, I sort of did it despite. I mean, I was kind of quite good at maths, and you know, I sort of did different things. It, did you study economics, have I made that well, up? Well, yeah, I went, I went to university to do music. Oh, why? So I was quite, I mean, music was, this is the thing, if you are a child who can do music, everyone just goes, oh, music. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're the music one. Yeah, what yeah. kind of music? Um, piano, violin, oh, I mean, the whole bit, you know. Do you still play all those? I sort of play the piano. Karaoke after this Karaoke. day. Yeah, no, I don't do. We didn't do that. Um, but, you know, people do sort of, they don't mean to pigeonhole you, but it's like, oh, well, you can do that, so that's what you do. 
and I could do it. And I got to university and I did a bit of it and I was like, oh, I think I've had enough of this actually. You know, <laughs> just because you can do something, it doesn't mean you should do it. You know, I've sort of had enough. So I changed course to PPE, which, which is I love, politics, philosophy and economics. And it, what I really liked was philosophy, yeah. because you didn't need to name any facts, and I've never been very good at facts. You just kind of talk about wing it. You know, are we really here? Well, that's a good question. I'll just but are we really? And, I, and, and actually, the thing that really I think started teaching me to write was that we had to read our essays out loud. Oh, really? Which is, you know, quite a, an ordeal, and. Because I naturally like to sort of entertain. I think I picked up, like, even if you're reading out some really turgid economics essay, you can, I was almost learning to edit myself as I did it, because I was thinking, well, I didn't need to say all that, and that was boring. I could have cut this, and I could have, you know. So that was actually, you know, wasn't intended to be, but quite a good writing yeah. masterclass. Of course. Um, and then, I don't know, I just figured I liked words, and took it from there. <laughs> Be more specific for me. <laughs> so what happened? You finished your I finished degree. my degree. I had no idea what to do. I'd sort of just about worked out that I liked writing, you know, writing. Yeah. But I mean, I, know, I wasn't thinking novels. I, I applied for jobs as a journalist and literally the only one I even got an interview for was on Pensions World. Sure, yeah. Um, so I started <laughs> this as editorial. Familiar. Yes, exactly. I just was an assistant on Pensions World. Exactly. I mean, Becky's job, that was my job. Amazing. Just completely. Yeah, right, what you know, know guys, right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing is that, you know, at the time I was like, what? Pensions? I didn't even know what a pension is. I don't know about different types of pension. You know, and I was having to kind of absolutely bluff my way through meetings and press conferences and just kind of nod and all of these words, I don't know. Um, but, you know, that again was valuable. You had, to, you had to write the piece or else there's a big white hole in the magazine and you learn to kind of bone up on a subject and kind of sound a bit convincing even when you really still don't have much idea. Um, and, and actually, the, the, the kind of the, the fiction, I suppose, moment was reading <laughs> books on the way to work and on the way back from work and just kind of, and actually Joanna Trollope was quite an influence because I, you know, it was at that time she was publishing all these books and they were so contemporary and I think that's what I responded to. They weren't, you know, they weren't the kind of Jackie Collins very glamorous lives which I could never aspire to. They were things that I recognised and I was like, oh, okay, you can just write about the world that is around us. That's, that's interesting. I think I'd like to do that. And so that was sort of the first time I thought, oh, okay, this is what I'm going to try and do. Yeah, and you initially did write with your real name, Madeleine Wickham, right? Was the tennis party, was that your first? Yeah, that was my first. Amazing, I love that. Do you remember how you felt when that was coming out and reactions oh, to things? It was yeah. surreal. Um, seeing it on a shelf in Smith's. I mean, you know, I... Yeah. There's still nothing like There's that. There's still nothing like it. There's still, and you know, I mean, I, I hadn't expected it to be published at all. I'd kind of got to the end, which I think is the, you know, that's the thing get to the end. Get to the end. Um, <laughs> and what I was hoping for in my wildest dreams was, you know, kind of, well, you seem to have accomplished, you know, the start and the end of a book. And next time, when you do one which will be better, which we might consider, t take on these tips, and you're not there yet, but. This is what we can tell you. I would. That's 
that was the level I was kind of, you know, assuming that I would be at. And so when it was more like, well, we'd like to publish it, I just, that was, that's the moment I just couldn't believe. Like, what, yeah. this, really? <laughs> um, and, and kind of life changed forever. When those first books were coming out, um, do you remember how, whether you were scared or just, just excited, did you read reviews? Um, did I? I probably did. I mean... Do you read them now? I, I do, but I try not to, you know, obsessively read everything that everybody is going to say yeah. about what I'm doing. Because what I've learned, I mean, and, and this is something that I think is just useful for all of us, is, and this is something actually you get over a span of time, I find, you, you realise how different everybody's opinions are and that all these opinions are valid and I love it when I read a review. You know, I love, I love to read a critical review which gives me something that is a learning point. That is so useful. If it's a review that says, well, I hate this kind of book, that's not quite so helpful because <laughs> I like this kind of book. So we kind of already don't really agree on that. Mm -hmm. um, but what I've also learned is that some, it can be not somebody's favorite book, and that's fine. Because, you know, I've had people come up to my table when I've been signing books, and literally they will say, my favorite book is this one, my favorite book is this one, my favorite book is this one, my least favorite book, you know, people are quite blunt. They say, my least favorite book was this one, didn't get on with that at all. And they go, oh, well, thank you for that. And then the next person like, that's my favorite book. Exactly. You, you know, everybody, has a favourite, it's valid, yeah. it doesn't matter, you know, as long as, I mean, the way I see it is if I can write a book that some people like, mm -hmm. then, you know, that's all you can pick to do. Really. It's a very subjective job it's, that we it's do. It's very subjective. <laughs> yeah, don't listen to anyone who says it's not good, basically, that's what Yeah, I'm it's saying. brilliant. <laughs> Everything it's we brilliant. do is brilliant and perfect, okay? <laughs> um, what are you working on next? Um, a new book. Um, can you tell us anything about that? That's kind of it, really. It's, um, it's, it's a standalone. Okay, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And are you going to do it? Because you obviously did the young adult fiction. Um, mm. Would you do that kind of thing again? Oh, do you know, that was such a joy. Oh, um, so good. You're so nice. You're so nice. I'm sorry. Um, I'm such a fan girl. Yeah, well, I mean, the things I wrote, again, I wrote that book, and I didn't really think, oh, I think I'll write some YA. I just, the story came to me, and I wrote it, and then at the end of it, I sort of thought, gosh, what is this? This this is not quite the same as what I've been doing, and it's got a teenage protagonist, so it ended up being sort of sold as a YA. Um, and I loved it. I, I have to say, you know, for me, time is a big problem. Of course. And, you know... There's only so many writing hours. In you say the year. that, but you get a lot well, done. I know, you know, and so I, it's one of these things that is sort of on my back burner, like one day. So one day. One day. But can you tell us anything about the book that you're working on at the moment? Um, I'm a bit superstitious. I know I'm superstitious. Tell a room full of I writers your ideas. I don't. You know what? I don't. But no, I mean, I, I saw another writer talking once, and she described her sort of fledgling ideas as, as sort of very fragile butterflies and if the cold wind gets them and I you know n not everybody is like this but this is what I like I so. th oh I think yes we're all crawling back into the cocoons at any available mm -hmm. opportunity right yeah. um and when is that going to be out do you do you have a date also don't know okay. sorry I'm bringing really on soon time. no 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 yeah. I like it keeping it <laughs> mysterious <laughs> thank you so so oh, much thank you and isn't she amazing Would you oh do
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.